So hi, hello and welcome. And today I'm going to talk about the story of a huge salmonella outbreak due to bad refrigeration and very bad kitchen hygienics. It happened back in the year 1990 and the story is uh, really quite remarkable. Yeah, hello again, uh, Mike Rope Hunter here, and today I'm going uh, to talk about uh, the story um, of salmonellosis, which happened back in 1990, uh, because at that time around 800 people became ill in South Carolina, and it was uh, totally uh, avoidable and totally unnecessary. 800 people became ill because of a salmonella infection. It's a form of a food poisoning. And I'd like uh, to tell you this story. I got uh, the information from the Journal Journal of Epidemiology and Infection, 1993. And I included the link uh, down there in the, in the comments, in the description rather, um, if you want to read the original article yourself. Now, um, I'm going to first uh, talk a little bit about salmonellosis, what the symptoms are, and then later on I'm going to tell you of what happened, and uh, yeah, a little bit of the background here, and then it's my own opinion and my own experiences um, as well. Well, let's start off a little bit with uh, salmonellosis. Well, that's the name of the disease caused by salmonella. It's a bacterial infection, and in many cases, um, it's gone, you get it over contaminated food. So if the bacteria on, are on the food, and when you eat the food, uh, then you might get that. And uh, what are the symptoms? Well, you get pretty bad diarrhea, fever, um, even abdominal cramps, and vomiting. And in some cases, especially if your immune system is not good, um, it's possible that it's lethal, but in most cases, it's not lethal. Yeah, The symptoms that typically occur between about 12 um, hours and 36 hours after you've eaten uh, the contaminated food, and uh, it can last from two to seven days. But I also have to say here is it's not only passed on over contaminated food. There are also other possibilities here, but in most cases, it's the food. And what's the problem with that? Um, you know, the problem is, is that uh, because of the severe diarrhea, you uh, suffer severe dehydration. So this means that the body loses water more quickly than it's able to, to absorb. And uh, in 2015 alone, this is the statistic that I've uh, found here. Yeah, that's, uh, the number is, is quite large. It's 270,000 deaths yeah, due to salmonellosis. Yeah. And in the United States, uh, it's also another statistic that I found, an estimated 142,000 Americans are infected each year with salmonella. And uh, they got from chicken eggs, as a matter of fact, and of which about 30 of them um, die. Yeah. It can also be passed on from person to person, yeah, or by shaking hands, for example, if there's the salmonella on the hands. And then maybe if you put your fingers into your mouth, yeah, flies possibly that have been on contaminated places and then they f sit on the food. And uh, one way of preventing this is, is by properly cooking the food and therefore undercooked food, especially fish, chicken and meat, um, yeah, and when they contain those salmonella, then basically they can be eaten and then this can be the problem. So you have to cook and, and heat the food properly. And that's actually also one of the things that we're going to be talking about later on when I talk about this uh, salmonellosis outbreak. Yeah. yeah, and that's actually one of the reasons why there are checks in a restaurant um, to make sure that uh, proper um, you know, kitchen procedures and cooking procedures are, are followed. You know, otherwise, you really increase the risk that uh, there is a problem here. So now let's start uh, to talk a little bit about this uh, case study here. And I'm just going to go through that. And it's it's really remarkable, actually. It's it's quite disgusting, actually. It's uh, horrifying. 
And uh, even for people who are not into uh, microbiology and hygienics so much, just if you just read through the account of what happened, it's kind of pretty, pretty theorizing. You don't have to be an expert <laughs> to figure out that this is not okay. Yeah? So um, it goes back uh, to the first six months of 1990. There were, it was in South Carolina. It was a restaurant. And uh, in this, uh, during this uh, six months, uh, there were no less than 23 healthcare, okay, health code violations. So basically, uh, yeah, in 23 times, uh, the restaurant has been cited uh, because they did not stick and adhere to the health code. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to simply quote now from the article directly. I'm going to read it off uh, simply that you now understand a little bit yourself of what's actually going on here. These infractions included poor cleanliness of food preparation areas, temperature violations of hot foods, temperature violations of cold food at the salad bar, poor lighting, transporting cooked chicken in an unrefrigerated truck, and now the next one is, is pretty <laughs> nasty, a rat feeding near where food was being prepared, and raw meat stored directly above an open bucket of salad dressing in the refrigerator, end quote. <laughs> This is uh, so. I'm, I'm just citing this. Otherwise, you might not believe this. Yeah, a rat feeding where the food is being prepared. I need to uh, clarify some of the issues here. For example, it says here temperature uh, violations here, um, and uh, why is this uh, um, of relevancy? Temperature violations of hot foods. It means that um, if the food is not heated properly, you're not killing off the bacteria. So they did not cook the food hot enough. And temperature violations of cold food means that the food was not kept cold enough um, yeah, for storage, for example. Yeah. So temperature plays a pretty important role. The thing with the rat is pretty self-explanatory that this is pretty unacceptable. And another thing here is something that I want to talk about also later a little bit from my own personal experience. Raw meat stored directly above an open bucket of salad dressing. Why is this a problem, you might ask? Well, you have to know that uh, raw meat, when it uh, actually produces the meat juice or when it melts because it was frozen before, all this meat juice and the water and the melt water, when it drips down, um, then it can drip on, on the salad dressing, for example, and then this is consumed because salad dressing is not heated anymore. And this is how bacteria can be transferred and how people can get salmonellosis. So for this reason, it's really important to store raw meat, any type of raw meat, raw fish, raw chicken, raw turkey, raw beef and pork, whatever, completely separate from all other food in the refrigerator, which is eaten raw. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when I go shopping and when I buy meat, um, then I, in my shopping bag, uh, yeah, I even store it separately over there, even though the meat is packaged, uh, simply to be absolutely safe here. Yeah? Because I cannot exclude the possibility that during the handling process and packaging process, that there's some salmonella on the outside of the packaging as, as well. And I don't want the outside of the packaging to then get in contact with the salad, which is probably not packaged. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, and then I'm going to eat that. Yeah? So it's, it's really important to keep that separate. And this is also something that they have mentioned here in the article. Um, yeah, that they have, this restaurant has not been following uh, those guidelines here. Yeah. yeah so, um, basically, uh, they discovered that uh, there are really health, some health issues there. And the first thing that uh, the sanitarians explained was they tried to, ex um, yeah, they tried to educate the staff. They tried to explain it to the staff. Okay. They tried to educate the staff. Um, and uh, this actually resulted in a short term improvement. Yeah. So, for short term, uh, term the staff actually did improve the situation but uh, very soon afterwards um, the situation was uh, 
bad again. Yeah? This kind of shows a little bit that the people did not internalize the whole thing. Yeah, it didn't really yeah, click uh, in them. They just changed their behavior or maybe the kitchen procedure around simply because they wanted to continue operations. Yeah? So they didn't want the restaurant to be shut down. That's why they simply adjusted. But it, I think it was not really internalized how important this is. And I mean, you have to understand um, you're playing with the health of people. Yeah, um, here and 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 that's something that has to be internalized. Yeah, so that uh, basically um, means that uh, by in September, fourth of September, nineteen ninety, as a matter of fact, it says here the South Carolina Department of Health and Environmental Control received then the first reports that two people had salmonellosis. Okay, and this is a severe thing and this has to be basically um in the, the official departments have to be informed on that yeah? so if a doctor discovers uh, that uh, you have salmonellosis the the doctor is required to inform the health department um, on, on this yeah and uh, the first thing that you always do when uh, people all of a sudden have uh, some kind of illness uh, the same illness you want to check now okay what was in common what do they have in common did they go to the same restaurant did they live in the same place or did why what did they do hmm? And um, as a matter of fact, they very soon found out that they went, went to a convention, a meeting, yeah, and uh, they basically um, had ate food there, and uh, there was a restaurant that catered the food for this convention. So you see that it's the first sign already that there's some kind of a common basis here, some common ground, and maybe there's a problem with the food there. Yeah, and um, so what they got is they got a, yeah, the telephone, started to telephone around, uh, the health department, yeah, and... Uh, Basically, uh, they discovered that uh, of the 26 attendees of the convention in which they could find, at least the 26 of them that uh, um, they basically were able to reach, uh, 13 of them, half of them, had diarrhea. That's pretty high percentage. 50% of them had diarrhea. And this basically means that an estimated 4,000 people attended the convention. And now you do the math. This means half of them uh, probably um, have, have the possibility of having salmonellosis. Now, why is this a problem? Uh, because uh, if those people have salmonellosis, they can also pass it on. So that's um, also a problem. It's not only passed on by food directly, even though that is the most common way. But it's also possible to pass it on from person to person. And, and that's not so not so good. Yeah. So they were able to contact 367 people who ate uh, the food of the convention. So they basically did a telephone call, yeah. And 37 of them, uh, 37% sorry, uh, of them, which is 135 uh, of these people, they reported an illness. You know, more than a third of the people actually had an illness who ate the food. And uh, they also found 31 people who did not any food uh, at the convention. And you know what? None of them got ill. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have expected uh, around 10, 10 of those people also to become ill had they eaten the food, but indeed they didn't eat the food, they didn't become ill, none of them. And uh, they narrowed this down, so they continued asking uh, questions and they ident- identified two meals that increased the risk. So I read the article here and they did some, some fancy statistics and they were actually able to narrow it down to two meals. It was a Saturday dinner and the Sunday lunch. And the Sunday lunch was actually much more likely to have caused uh, the infection. And not only that, they also found out that the more that they ate of the Sunday lunch, in this case was turkey, and they found out the food as well, and the more that they ate uh, of this turkey, the more likely they became ill. And as a matter of fact, uh, if people who have eaten this turkey got uh, four to six times as likely, had a four to six times uh, increased likeliness of becoming ill than those people who did not eat the turkey. Yeah? And the more turkey they ate, 
the more like, likely they were also able to, to be likely to become ill. Yeah. So to see, there is a pretty neat uh, correlation here. And um, but that was also only from from the questionnaires by interviewing them. So you need some kind of uh, microbiological proof as well. So they also were able to collect some stool samples to check for the presence of Salmonella. And indeed, um, yeah, the same type Salmonella agona, that's the name of the bacterium, was found in the stool samples of some of the guests and also of the people who handled the food and who also ate from the food. So you see, now we start to have some pretty good evidence here that, um, yeah, it's indeed Salmonella, obviously, and also that the turkey was to blame. So now let's have a look of how this uh, could actually happen. And of course, uh, they conducted a few more interviews and they found out something quite, quite uh, remarkable and uh, actually pretty, yeah, pretty disgusting. Um, first of all, they figured out that the restaurant who was in charge of uh, catering for the convention, this restaurant was equipped uh, only to prepare around 200 to 300 meals per day. Um, basically, this was the size of the kitchen and the staffing that they had. But all of a sudden, they had to prepare 7,000 meals within a 30-hour period. This was basically 10 to 15 times as, as many meals uh, as they normally uh, would have to prepare. So this is, of course, uh, clear it's not possible. And uh, the kitchen was also massively under-equipped. So it, is, it was impossible to prepare the 92 turkeys that they basically wanted to serve um, yeah, for, for lunch. So the restaurant could only cook 20 of them. This is basically the capacity. And uh, those uh, 20 of them were cooked and uh, they were not boned yet. Yeah, And they were sitting unrefrigerated on the table the whole day. So uh, there was an employee that they interviewed and this employee reported that at 7 a.m. in the morning when he arrived, uh, the turkey were there. And in the evening at 5 p.m. when he left, this was 10 hours later, the turkey was still there. But don't forget, I mean, this is basically, this was the day before they were served. Yeah. And so this is uh, one of the things that they mentioned where it's really not uh, properly refrigerated. Yeah. You have to keep it cool. And uh, the food basically was left out to spoil. Yeah. What about the other 72 turkeys? Well, the other 72 turkeys were transported to another restaurant uh, for preparation. And this truck um, was also not refrigerated. And uh, in the other restaurant, uh, the turkey that was cooked, it was reloaded to the same truck. Again, not refrigerated. And uh, the truck uh, went back uh, to the first restaurant um, on Sunday, basically for the turkey then to be served. But the problem was is that the truck broke down on the road and was abandoned by the driver. And then another employee later came to pick up the truck. And <laughs> during the whole time, the yeah turkey was uh, not refrigerated and was sitting out there and uh, essentially um, was left uh, to be spoiled. Now it was summer <laughs> and the ambient temperature was uh, 27 degrees centigrade, which is almost 81 degrees Fahrenheit. So it was a nice uh, warm summer's day. And of course, the ideal condition uh, for the bacteria to reproduce, because don't forget that the bacteria, they have a generation time of, let's say, about half an hour. So this means after one hour, you already have four times as many bacteria. They're doubling every half an hour. We're talking about exponential growth here. Huh? So in any case, uh, the turkey was returned then to the first restaurant. Um, and uh, yeah, even though it was warm outside, uh, the turkey was not warm enough to be served. So what they have done is uh, the, uh, the cooks, they have uh, reheated the water of in which the turkey was originally cooked. <laughs> and uh, 
this was must have been the day before and uh, this was poured over the turkey um, in order to warm them up okay uh, this is already a problem because this is not enough uh, heat in order to kill off the bacteria yeah and uh, the employees when they were starting to set up the buffet they noted that it basically the turkey started to smell a little bit bad yeah, it was kind of it didn't smell very appetizing so the employees sent the turkey back to the kitchen and uh, now the kitchen what they've done is the following this is pretty uh, i think one of the fun most fun parts here they rinsed the turkey in cold water in tap water <laughs> to kind of clean off the bad smell and they rewarmed it by using hot tap water yeah for one minute and then they sent it back. Now, this uh, washing process indeed um, improved uh, the smell a little bit uh, because what you're doing this way is you're kind of removing all of the substances that the bacteria formed and which kind of smell bad, but the bacteria still are there. Yeah, so this is not uh, enough, and also the hot tap water is not enough to actually kill off the salmonella. Yeah. So um, some of the guests even mentioned that uh, the turkey tasted and smelled kind of bad, but that's kind of the surprising thing is they ate it anyway. Yeah, so if you basically get food that smells bad, then then don't uh, <laughs> then don't eat it. I have to tell you the following also happened to us. Happened to my sister many years ago. Must have been over twenty years ago. We went to a restaurant and she ordered some some kind of meat, yeah, food and there was rice included. And the rice tasted sour. It's not normal that rice tastes sour. So she sent it back and then actually. The waiter came back and apologized, and he was surprisingly open and honest about it. And he says, yeah, he apologizes. They accidentally took the wrong rice. The rice that was served to my sister was actually the rice that they wanted to throw away because it was already so old, but they kind of confused it in the kitchen. You know, <laughs> this was, at least he admitted it. So this is a kind of, uh, you see, it, it can happen. <laughs> That's why it's important to have uh, proper kitchen procedures in place, huh? So, a discussion. Okay. Um, what is, uh, what happened now? Well, approximately 800 people developed salmonellosis out of this, uh, thing here. And, uh, the reason why it's a problem is, is because salmonella, the bacterium is primarily found in the intestine of the turkey. And when you now basically clean out the intestine of the turkey, you have to be really careful that you don't contaminate the rest of the turkey. It's almost unavoidable. Um, during the preparation time. So there is also a lot of, uh, yes, there might be salmonella also on the meat of the turkey. And that's why proper cooking is really essential. Yeah. And heating the whole thing with hot water, yeah, like they have done is not enough. And then rinsing it with cold water and so on. That's simply not enough. Um, it has to really properly heat it uh, for a certain time. And, uh, yeah, it, what they found out is that uh, basically 10, uh, 20 turkey um, that were processed this way basically spent 10 hours unrefrigerated and 72 turkeys at least two hours unrefrigerated, but in a warm environment. Yeah. So this basically um, means that um, this was a really bad thing um, that happened. And uh, it was actually so bad that even some people got ill, even though they did not eat the turkey. Now, is that possible? Um, the researchers here also did a study here and uh, they found out that the turkey was served next to the ham. And uh, they think now that some people might have used the same uh, utensils like forks and so on to pick up the turkey and then they used the same one to pick up the ham. And this is how the bacteria were also transferred. Yeah. So it was some kind of a cross-contamination um, when people actually picked up the food from the buffet. Yeah. 
So the the conclusion of, of uh, in this report is is quite uh, quite uh, remarkable. It's it kind of if you, the, just the tone of, of of this report is is that the people were visibly <laughs> annoyed. Yeah, that essentially something like this can happen. That's why I put a link here if you want to read it yourself. And uh, basically, they say essentially you all almost have to crack down um, on restaurants that operate like this. Yeah, um, they're really frustrated because education didn't hap- work. Yeah. And they really are suggesting you, you have to be much stricter here. Yeah. Um, and one of the problems is, is that uh, generally you're po- it's possible to close down restaurants, but only if there is an imminent threat uh, um, to health. Yeah. So, um, and if there is no imminent threat to health, um, just pure kitchen hygienics might not be an imminent threat. Yeah? If there's no imminent threat, then you're not allowed to close the restaurant. So that's, they were actually suggesting you've got to be much stricter. I'm going to quote here again. Um, so, quote, since education, concern for human health, and repeated lowering of the restaurant's grade did not improve the sanitary practices, stronger sanctions might be more effective. These measures might include revoking an establishment's permit to operate, either temporarily or permanently, based on restaurant inspection scores, linking liability insurance rates to results um, of uh, restaurant inspections, fines, revoking liquor licenses, or criminal proceedings for negligence. Ah, yes, criminal proceedings, because you're playing around with the health of humans here, and actually also with the lives of humans. Um, and for this reason, they are suggesting, yeah, you've got to be much stricter here. Yeah? And another thing that they mention is, is um, something that has to be considered is you have to consider kitchen capacity. Yeah? If uh, a kitchen is required now to prepare 7,000 meals, even though it's only able to prepare two to 300 meals, then this is also already a problem. So you see that, uh, yeah, it was highly avoidable. And now a few uh, experiences uh, from my own life and from my relatives uh, and uh, family. Um, I myself, many years ago, must have been, I don't know, over 20 years ago already, I had some severe diarrhea. And I actually know why I got it. It was uh, the pumpkin soup that I ate in a restaurant. And uh, I should not have eaten it. It tasted good, but there was a problem in the way it was served. And I just want to share this with you. It might not be legal anymore, uh, these type of things, uh, because I, they also got a little bit stricter with the laws in the country where I live. But the pumpkin soup um, was served in a hollow pumpkin. So they basically had pumpkins and they removed the inside of the pumpkin uh, and they only kept the outside yeah, part of the pumpkin. And the inside was filled with pumpkin soup. So it was a very nice original way of decorating. The cook had this great idea. Um, and I ate the soup, and very soon afterwards, I felt ill. Yeah, my, my stomach hurt, got cramps, yeah, funny sounds coming from my stomach, and of course, massive diarrhea a uh, short time later. Now, how can this be possible? Well, um, of course, this hollowed-out pu- pumpkin most likely was already pretty old. Yeah, um, it, it probably was reused. I mean, how many of these pumpkins do you have? I mean, the restaurant only had maybe a, a handful of them. And probably every time when somebody ate from that, it was probably rinsed out. You cannot really wash it with hot water because it's a hollow pumpkin. It's, it's going to be boiled then. Yeah, it's not going to, it's going to lose its stability then. So it most, yeah, essentially I ate out of a rotting or decomposing spoiled pumpkin. Yeah. I might have not have seen it um, because on the outside it looks kind of nice, but on the inside, I mean, I don't know how old this thing was already. 
and just rinsing it out is not going to work. Bacteria are going to continue to grow in there, right? So not a good thing. Um, similar things, uh, for example, wooden cutting boards, um, the same similar problem. They're very porous, have a large surface area. So, and if you now cut your meat on a wooden cutting board, then the meat juice is going to go into the wood. Yeah? Bacteria are going to be in there. Now, if you only rinse it superficially, then on the inside, you're still going to have the meat juice, uh, which is an important nutrient for bacterial growth. So not good either. Huh? So generally, um, you have to make sure that whatever you use, it's got to be properly cleanable using also sufficiently high temperature, yeah? because the high temperature will kill off many of these things, yeah? bacteria. Yeah? So you see that is, this is um, yeah something that can definitely be avoided, especially in the kitchen. But another thing that I'm seeing every time, I'm quite often invited, especially during the summertime for a barbecue, and sometimes the handling of the raw meat by the hosts who invited me, uh, usually I I'll, honestly I always usually take over. I always volunteer to take over the barbecue and say I'm gonna do that. I like doing that because otherwise I don't feel good about eating the meat. Because what happens often is they, they bring bring the raw meat, raw chicken, raw beef and pork and hamburger whatever. Yeah, on a plate, um, they're swimming in this meat sauce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the meat juice. You know. Um, and then they're using a tool to put it on the barbecue. And then after everything's been yeah, cooked, um, they put it back on the same plate where there is the meat juice on it. Yeah. And they're using it the same tools. Yeah. So they're picking up, uh, yeah, they're using the tools to pick up the raw meat. Then they use the same tool that's now contaminated with the raw meat juice to pick up uh, the cooked meat. Yeah. So this is not good. Yeah, and um, salmonella are highly infectious. This means uh, you need a, yeah, a fairly low number of bacteria for this to be transmitted. So it's really important that that the whole chain um, is, yeah, is kind of followed, and not that you just break the chain by simply he properly boiling the meat first, and then you're putting it back on the very same plate where you have the raw meat juice on it. I mean, it's horrible. Yeah? And also, for example, in, in our household, we don't even put uh, raw meat into the refrigerator anymore. It's 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 a no, yeah, it's off limits. We put it directly into a separate freezer, yeah, which is located somewhere else, and then I take out the raw meat. And then I have I have treated completely separate so that it not does not come in contact with uh, any yeah, salad for example or anything that's eaten raw. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, even when I go shopping, um, yeah, I also don't uh, take I also don't put the meat uh, even if it's packaged next to a salad for example or tomatoes which are raw. Yeah. I just want to really avoid that there is a contact because I want to break a. Um, yeah, the possibility of salmonella contamination. Why am I so? I'm a paranoid, or is there something to it? Well, I tell you, uh, many years ago, again, it was uh, yeah, in our family, ma it wasn't me. <laughs> Massive. Uh, it was not salmonella. It was Shigella. Uh, similar yeah, situation. You have diarrhea every 30 minutes. The mo the worst diarrhea that you can imagine. You can set your stopwatch. Yeah, 30 minutes, and you got to run to the toilet, and you're losing water like crazy. Yeah. Not a, not a nice thing. It takes a couple of days, yeah. But uh, you cannot do anything during that time because yeah, you got to run to the toilet uh, every thirty minutes because you're losing so much water. Not a nice, uh, not a nice, nice experience. And for this reason, uh, but we now know what the problem was. We uh, didn't cook. That's what we assume. We had some some shrimp before, some frozen shrimp, and maybe we didn't cook those hot enough. Yeah, and this could have been the reason. Well. Yeah, so that's basically the uh, all I wanted to tell you today. Um, I think it's a fascinating thing. Um, yeah, and uh, 
I hope that it was interesting for you. Um, if you like these type of uh, podcast episodes, then yeah, do visit again. Yeah. Leave your comments behind. I'm going to just uh, say, as, as always, that's my common way of saying goodbye. Happy micro hunting, as always. And uh, see you around next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>